He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 25 of Good Talk Spoiler Golf Podcast. I'm Bobby Donnelly. This week I'm joined by James Richardson. Hey James. Hey Bobby. And joined by Barry O'Hanlon. Hey Barry. Hey guys. Um, our contact details are goodtalkspoil.gmail.com. That's our email. Our Twitter handle is at PodcastGTS, and if you're joining our Top 200 comp- competition, which we'll give a bit more detail later on, it's hashtag Top 200. Alan's not with us this week, but I suppose before we get on to the, the main events, Alan um, was, as usual, downbeat self um, at the weekend, shot 39 points, missed a couple of two-footers, and he's still quite disappointed in himself, which, sorry, for people who don't know, Alan's off five, so that was two over par. So he's now off four. Yeah. He, I, I don't know. He's funny. He's, when he's on the course, he's very focused. And then when he comes off the course, he just seems to manufacture these stories about how he played so bad. He was terrible. <laughs> he was. I mean, he's probably got like what, like eighty percent fairways and greens and regulation there as well. And Actually, he, I'd love to know his stats. I'd say they're yeah. sick if he's just missing yeah. a few putts. I mean, I think he tweeted or he, he texted us saying he had a couple of shanks as well, and he still shot two over. So I mean, he must be the best player in the world. But. He's, well, be. hold on now. Patrick Reed is the best player in the world. Sorry. So, <laughs> second best player in the second world. Second best player. At least you'll know what to get him for Christmas. You know, you know, book it by Bob Rotella and the mental game or something that yeah, might actually yeah. help him. Uh, or, yeah, the anti-Bob Rotella. So actually, your game is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, you guys were down in Carmen for the weekend. We were. Uh, you were playing the Pro-Am. Um, maybe just give a bit overview to people who was involved in the Pro-Am. Um, so yeah, this is a, a two-day pro-am. Um, this is our second year going down um, to it. It's sponsored by Shell. It's one of the biggest pro-ams mm. of the year on the Irish circuit. And uh, what was involved for us was um, getting down there on Thursday. We stayed right through till Monday, which is a bit of an extended stay over more most people. Saturday Sunday event. Yeah, it is a Saturday Sunday event with a practice round included, so it's unbelievable value for money. Cool. And even if you play an extra nine holes here or there, they've no issue with that because. How much is it for the team? It was 180 euro per man to play. Parameter. Parameter, yes, cool. to play cool. with the pro. So we played with um, our coach and pro, Mark O'Mahony, who mm. plays uh, who plays out of the Titles Fitting Centre in Carton House. Good friend of the show. Yes, he is indeed. Um, he's fitted us all for clubs, and he was down with us to play. So um, we had the most unbelievable weather. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, splitting the stones down there, and the sea was a blue that you just, you know, see very rarely here in Ireland. Mm. But, um, you know, we had a nice practice round. You know, we were kind of getting things in, you know, in order and re-familiarising re, re ourselves with the golf course. Um then, you know, James started out quite well in that. Then on, on we went to the Saturday, we teed off a lot You had 42 points in day one. I did. Yes, Very I was nice. keeping that quiet, yes. Yeah. Plus I missed two part putts on the first and the second, so there was oh. a lot more in there if I had very been a nice. little bit firmer with the two putts, and they were fairly short putts as well. I was very, very frustrated. Yeah. What position were you actually after day one of the team event? Because there's about 50 tied, teams that play these. Tied sixth we were. Was that high, was it? We were, yeah. There was a 96, 95, a couple of 91s, and a couple of 90s, and then it was us. Oh, I thought oh. it was eighth or something. But anyway, like, so, yeah, pretty, pretty good first day, you know. We'd... Yeah. Um, we had a couple of seven pointers on the card, so two two scores from the team, including the pro. Over, you know, so two scores with the four players go on the team mm. scorecard. The pros play an individual stroke play event on the side. Mm. So we had a uh, you know we had some you know, really good scores uh, yeah. that day. Um, they so do the, the 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 course played an awful lot tougher. Yes, the first day, even though the wind wasn't picked up, the the it was warm. The ground had hardened. The greens had become lightning quick. There was less humidity um, in the air. The course started. I mean, we teed off at seven forty-five on the Sunday morning, mm. and you know, as we played through the round, you could see the golf course was getting faster and fierier, and the cool. greens were speeding up, and the mm. wind was picking up, and it was becoming a real, real links test. Yeah. Well, Colin Moriarty on day one was five under sixty-six, tied the course record, and in day two he was three over. Um, Ended up at minus minus two, I think, in the end. Wow. Yeah. But um, I think there was only four teams that had better second day scores than the first day, 
out of the 52 okay. teams. So. What was your day two score? Our day two score was 87. So was two very good scores. It was it was very good. It could have been a little bit better. So um, we, we've held this story back from you yeah. all weekend to get your live reaction on the show. So we uh, we were going along brilliantly well on the Sunday morning. Yeah. We had 44, 44 points, points for the first, the first eight, eight holes. holes. So we so we so are that's a, flying. That's over six a hole. We're killers, right? So... Yeah. Now we've had chip-ins, we've had birdies, we've had you yeah, name it. Like leading we, were, we, we probably were, were. Stu, on a high. Stu had two chip-ins, two holes in a row, one for par and three points, and one for birdie for three points. So nice. we are killing it. And James and myself are both knocking in good scores. Mark is as well. Mark's one under at this stage. So we get to the 18th, we're playing the course backwards. And James and Stuart unfortunately lost their tee shots. Um, myself and Mark um, both ended up just short of the green in a little kind of a swale area beside each other in three each. Yeah. I walked up first to the balls. I went to a ball that I thought was mine yeah. from my shot beforehand. Oh. Played a chip shot onto the green. Mark then went to the other ball. Played a chip no shot onto the green. Way. Donaldson Mahan, is it? This was O'Hanrahan tanking to the maximum. I went oh up to mark my God. ball on the green. This was after both our shots had been played. I didn't have time to get around in time. Lifted up my ball and went, um, Mark. And he went down to hit my ball. Well, what oh was the ball God. in front of him? And uh, as you can imagine, I wanted to drop into a black hole. So we call a rules referee was called. To confirm, I mean, I knew it was two shots. Two shots for both? But, yeah, for both of us. Oh. I knew it was two shots for both of us, but I did not want to say a word because, like, you know. Because you were the architect of the problem. Oh, yeah. It, Jesus. It, it was, look, it's a crappy thing to happen. It, both of our golf balls happened to have a blue dot and a blue line in it. I also have an orange dot in my ball, but when I went up to the ball, I see a blue line and a blue dot, and it doesn't quite bing in my head that... It was his ball, and uh, I thought it was mine from the walk I took up the hill to the wall, and it turns out it wasn't. So, and he ends up taking a triple bogey. Oh, Jesus Christ! So, so I didn't score either. So we have a scratch in that hole. It's so a team a scratch. Team scratch. Because I had, I put mine out of bounds, and Stu had hit his drive um, oh, down the left, and we couldn't find it. So, so. we. That was it, a team scratch. Now, up to this point, we had no hole in the whole tournament that was less than four points. So we go to the first hole, and there's an understandably dark, dark cloud hanging over the group oh, amongst no. the bright blue sky of Karn. And it... Was all your it, fault, it, it, but it sounds like... Yeah, well, it was. Well, yeah. actually, sorry, Mark, in fairness, should have checked... He should have checked his ball as well. Like the whole thing with Mahan and Donaldson, which actually happened the US Open as well. Yeah. They, one of the other ones should have caught it. As well, well, look, the thing is, I I was the instigator of the series of events. I was the butterfly that flapped its wings that it ended up happening. Yeah. So I was uh, not in a good place for a few holes. And unfortunately, Mark wasn't either. And he followed up the triple bogey with a double bogey on the first and another double on the second. So he's lost seven shots in three holes, and he was one under at the time. Oh, so Jesus. yeah, as you, uh, it was, it was, it was not, it was not nice. Okay. So we we did end up rallying quite well in the back nine. Um, I, I would like to point out, and I'm going to say this at this point, that I was the only person who tried to keep it all together for the next couple of holes. Yes, and that's on true. Scores on the card just to keep it ticking over. I think until uh, the cloud eventually uh, left us on the fourth hole. I think I knocked off like two two pointers and a three pointer then, but I was like shoulders are slumped. I wasn't really engaging anyone yeah. in the group. I just I didn't I I didn't know what to do really. The euphoria of the front nine disappeared fairly rapidly. I I scratched the fourth, and and then from the fifth hole on there, I think I finished, uh, I think I birdied two of the last four holes. So we we put on a nice push at the end, and we snuck inside and finished tied ninth in the tournament, and we each won a nice win cheater. Did you? Yeah. We were nine nine points off the lead with the winning team. That's pretty good. Well, that's good, and so, well, that's good score anyway. It was Jeez. good, and uh, well, massive learning experience. Oh, so yeah. look, we, we we all kind of got over it in the end, and you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully, we all become stronger. So, what's the lesson for all the, uh, the the listeners? 
mark your golf balls distinctly yeah. from the other players on your team. Yeah, yeah big time. So um, hopefully Mark, you know, Mark, Mark was actually hitting the ball phenomenally well. I, mm. He was hitting, he's just striking it beautifully. So he's gone off to play in a um, the qualifier for the Open Championship now yeah. in a week or two's time in the Island Golf Club. Mm. So if he keeps hitting it like he does, he's got a great chance of uh, getting along. So um, we wish him all the best and um, I hope I'm glad I'm still alive and don't have yeah. a black eye. <laughs> Good stuff. Ah, well, sure, listener, it'll all be like bygones, bygones. I'd say in the end. Um, my 32 points on Saturday is totally um, uh, less eventful. <laughs> yeah, completely <laughs> uneventful compared to that. It was just a nice little day on the golf course. Um, okay, well let's move on. I suppose the I, I, the highlight of the weekend before I heard that story was the U.S. Open. But I suppose <laughs> we, we, we'd better have a chat about it as well. Martin Keimer is. We called the episode last week. Um, oh, actually, sorry. Good point. Actually, we should do the rules ready question. Well done. Sorry, skipped over good that. Well, you How many strokes do you get penalised if you hit your playing partner's Yeah, top yeah, ball? exactly. <laughs> okay, I actually have the question, and Alan, Alan has already answered it, so I'll. Give it to you here, Barry. You're actually first to go anyway, and you're 13 12 ahead, I believe, yes? Yes. Um, okay, cool. A player's ball lies just off the putting green, and sand lies on the putting green between the ball and the hole. What is the ruling? Question mark. A, the player must not remove the sand. B, the player may only remove the sand by picking it up or brushing it aside with his hand or a club. Or C, the sand may be re- removed by any means. I wonder what other means these, this, this fictional golfer has with them on the golf course. Sam, Sam, that the the sand may be removed by any means. Um, uh, club or towel or any means. He brush it with his hand. What if he has a massive hoover in the bag? Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. The extension cord would be wrapped around your partner for hitting the wrong golf ball. I know you're late. I know you. I know he's allowed to move the sand. I just. I'm gonna go with answer C. I think any means because you're allowed to brush it with your hand as well. Wait. Oh no. B. B. I think because only you're allowed to touch the line. Sure. Why don't you go with A as well, and then you'll definitely get it right. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I'm gonna, I'll go gamble. I'll go C. Any means. Yeah, you're going C. Yeah. Okay. We'll come to that at the end. Give you the answer. Answer. Alan has guessed A. So player must not remove the sand. Can I have B and C? Uh, no, you can have one. Uh, you stick with C. I'm sticking with C. I'm sticking with C. Let's 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 move on to the. Yeah, let's move on. So anyway, as I started to mention, um, Martin Climbers, our US Open champion, 2020, 2014. We asked that question last. Uh, that was the name of our episode last week. Is who was going to be the US Open champion? So we found that mm-hmm. uh, very very impressive performance, wasn't it? Yeah, he made it a non-contest, didn't he? Or a double tournament? You know, who's going to finish second? Yeah. It, I saw a lot of people mentioned on Twitter that they thought it was quite a, a poor event, and I think it was wasn't necessarily an exciting um, finish. But I thought I still thought it was a fantastic tournament in terms of watching how well he played. I mean, I thought the, 60, the two sixty fives he opened with were pretty much very similar to uh, Tiger. As good a performance since Tiger in two thousand and Pebble Beach, he was that dominant. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just a clinic. Um... And, and the, you know, we talked about the you know what kind of attributes a player would need, you know, to, to win this week, and it, 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 you know you needed the overall game. So um, as it happened, Keimer was seventh in the field in driving distance. He was tied ninth in fairways hit. He was tied eighth in greens in regulation, and he was foots in, first in putts per green in regulation. So he put all the parts of the game together and yeah, deservedly coasted to victory and never looked in trouble really, did he? No, I, I, I don't think so. I, I'm as we, I suppose we all had a few bets on him, or a few bets on him. I had a couple of quid on him myself. So, um, I, a bit like Bubba in the Masters, I wasn't really that nervous that he was going. I think he only someone only got. Had you backed him? Backed him, yeah. I was on last week on the podcast. We, I picked him. Yeah, no, I was just listening to the fact that you were, you know, being mean about all my picks from last week. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I backed him. We actually had a decent run because. I backed Clemmer, uh, Barry, you backed Stenson, yep. and Alan backed Dustin Johnson, mm-hmm. and I think, did you mention Jason Day? I did have Jason Day, and I had Dustin Johnson in my own bet outside of the event. I also had Jim Fuhrer, who tied 12th, and you were all very mean about him. 
not having enough rounds in the uh, bag anymore. Did um, if you had had a bet on him, would you have? Uh, I had a bet on him. Did you get any money back for that bet? No. <laughs> that bet was marked in as a loss. Uh, yeah, but, uh, the point is that you were annoying about it last week, and the same result in relation to Alex Checkett that you said there was no chance he would even make the cut like this week. Hey, we uh, was five hundred to one, yeah, and he did make the cut. It was a good selection, fairness to you. Um, I think Alan had JB Holmes top twenty, so uh, kind of good, good, good selections all around. And that was fun watching Alan sweat that on Viber on the way in. He he, knew he was convinced JB Holmes was going to make a. a a mess of the last and cost him his bet. Can I talk about the, the US Open generally for a second? Do. Because we talked last time about the Masters last day, the back nine, wasn't that exciting? It was a coast through. Mm. Was this any more exciting than the Masters or are we just being somewhat blindsided by the fact that Martin Timer was playing so well but was it actually a tournament that was over by day two? Well, I think we were touched on that. I think it was a just very disappointing tournament from uh, to watch. I think it was great watching Clymer playing as well as he was. But even after, I mean, he played his best golf in, in the first two days. The TV rating barrier, I think, were extremely poor. Um, in they, the end, they were unfortunately, yeah. So um, just uh, the Masters this year got. We don't understand exactly what they mean, but we'll give you a barometer. The Masters this year had a seven point eight rating. Um, as a, as a barometer, the 1997 Masters, which is probably one of the biggest ones we've ever seen, was 14.1. That's the highest rating major that we've had yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this year's US Open was a 3.3. Mm. So it was down 46% on Marion last year, and it was down 35% on McElroy's runaway victory in Congressional. So mm. a similar kind of style of tournament in that there was a runaway winner. It's still, you know... If it was an American runaway winner, the, the ratings might have been a little bit better, but it's not good for the game to see that. If it was Tiger, yeah, the viewing the, the ratings would be extremely through the roof. So, but so is is this not the point though that American audiences are only interested in having a big name player like Tiger Woods that they need? They talk over the last over the weekend. They've talked in the last couple of weeks about who's going to dominate the game, who's going to be that mm. personality that would be the the dare I say, the next Tiger Woods. Mm. Is it Jordan Spieth? Is it somebody else? But where there isn't that domination by someone like Tiger with the charisma, the fall from grace, all of that that goes along with it, the viewers just aren't there. You know, people aren't tuning in. They're not, you know, they're not watching in droves when Martin Keimer, who played phenomenal mm. golf, they just weren't interested in watching it for two days. I think when you look at the leaderboard, if you look at all the guys that finished second, third, fourth, so there was, you know, all the Day, Johnsons, um, Stensons, I think had Keimer, let's say, had he not even played, I think the viewings would have been through the roof because there were so many amazing players in behind them. Yeah, I mean, you've like 16 players within four shots of each other if you exclude Keimer, so that's absolute drama. He just yeah. took he took that drama and excitement away from mm. the weekend, and it's unfortunate because it, it did take away from what I thought was... That, you know, aside from Martin being the star of the week, I thought the the, the star of the week was the golf course itself. I mm. I was really impressed. I was really looking forward to it, and it it didn't actually let me down. We didn't see a huge amount of it because we were down in car and playing the tournament. But what I did see, I thought was wonderful. I mean, the players, none of them have really given out about it no. at all. It did, and what what I thought was great about it was it, it allowed them to play spectacular recovery shots from the scrub and when they missed the fairway, mm. and it, it, it had, you know in that it had really interesting, exciting shots to watch, but it just missed the drama of the competition to actually win the tournament. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I suppose one of the good stories to come out uh, was Eric Compton. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a wonderful story. This guy has had two heart transplants. Mm. Um, you know, he had one when he was age 12 in, yeah. in 1992. The last one was in 2008. He fought hard to get the exemption to be allowed use the, 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 the buggies, which I don't think he actually uses, even though he's now entitled to do it. Mm. But um, he, I have to say, I, uh, one of the guys that was on one of the other teams that, that was playing down in Carn had him at 300 to 1. He had backed him at 300 to 1. Wow. He's been backing him the last number of weeks. Now, he's a, a doctor who has a specialization in, in hearts and knew about him because of that. Okay. And he was saying that, um, you know, we were watching it at the end and the smile on his face on mm. Sunday when he came off, you know, mm. it was just ear to ear. Like, it was yeah. just, a, just a really good feel-good story. And he, he had, on the, when he played the last hole, I think it was a bit similar to how Payne Stewart played it, uh, that he had a drive into the, into the bushes, hacked out, 
wedged from about 80 yards to about 10 feet and all the crowd were willing him to hold a 10 footer and he drained mm. it and the reception they got was better than what Clymer got and probably better than any champion would have got so there's a great understanding it, of that it, in the crowd it, it may be the US bias as well the crowds yeah. tend to also go for yeah. the US guy even if they're running second and eight shots or nine shots behind they do love the underdog story as well you know mm-hmm. so him coming back from the, the two heart surgeries he's definitely the, the underdog and the, the crowd's favourite for the week and I talked, uh, I mentioned earlier on about Donaldson and Mahan um, and that they both played each other's balls. I mean, that was pretty retarded, wasn't it, that they ended up playing each other's golf balls? Yeah, I would hate to be playing in a game that that would happen to you, like, especially where you're right in the mix. You know, for, Say, imagine you were playing a competition, you were 44 points to the eighth hole, and then that happens. Some like, tool played your ball. Yeah, some yeah. amateur tool. Yeah. You know, some amateur tool ruins the game. Um, um, Hunter Mahan ended up missing the, missing the cut by a shot. Donaldson missed it by three, so it didn't really affect him. But and I missed winning the tournament by nine, so... Yeah. <laughs> he should really get you a nice kind of golf bag or something like that to make up for it. Oh, James, well, sorry, James, sorry. Got new, James got a new golf bag this year. Sorry, hold on a second. A year. Sorry, the, the people who won it got iPad minis. So I don't oh. care about a new golf bag oh. or a new jumper. I'll take an iPad mini, thank you very much. Yeah, well, Mark missed out on a decent chunk of money had he finished that round, say, level part. Okay, anyway, so, moving on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to feel any worse about the whole situation. No, uh, we'll make it. We'll you'll make sure make, you'll, that you do. you'll try your best. Um, the other... Uh, Great story from the week was Matthew Fitzpatrick, um, the amateur, obviously, and he finished as leading amateur. It was his last event as an amateur, and we actually managed to get a chance to talk to him today. We were down at the Irish Open, which we'll come to in a minute. We got a chance to talk to him today, and we also got a chance to talk to Tom Lewis, who actually had a difficult start to the US Open. Um, Matt, thanks for talking to us. Um, how do you look back on last week in the US Open? Pretty brilliant week, was it? Yeah, it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was a different experience and it was a nice way to end my amateur career, really. And what's it like playing with Phil Mickelson in the US Open? Yeah, it was pretty special, particularly that one. There was so much support for him. Um, yeah, it was pretty big. That, that one was very big for him in terms of the... In terms of support, I've never played any anything like that really. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, it was really enjoyable and sort of it was intimidating at the same time. But no, it was good. And what was? How did you feel standing on the first tee of your first day? Uh, yeah, obviously nervous. I think it'd be strange if you're not nervous. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, no, just I was just looking forward to it mainly. And I just, Really, really wanted to get going. So. And I understand the guys were very nice to you as well. Yeah, no, they were good. They were very good. It was uh, no, it was it was the, like I couldn't have asked them to be better. Really. Yeah, um, it was really nice of them to, to play with me and stuff, and no, it was just great. And Tom, thanks so for joining us. Um, you're just back from the US Open. How did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was nice out there. It was um, nice weather, um, very warm, um, good experience. Yeah. Um, obviously disappointed in the way I played, but um, I got off to such a tough start that. Um, basically blew it within an hour you know so it was a bit disappointing but um you know you have to learn from it and, and hopefully i can i can learn from it for this week that I caught that part uh, but tom lewis mentioned there that his tournament was over over after an hour now admittedly when he did mention it i didn't realize what exactly he meant and he started par bogey quadruple bogey in his first three holes of uh, of the US Open that's pretty harsh isn't it it's pretty mentally scarring no, yeah. not quite as bad as uh, an inadvertent you know ball you know ball, wrong ball played but yeah that's going to hurt you yeah yeah, and it's only himself to blame on that one so yeah, it's kind of yeah. tough I think we've all had that though we've all started with oh. a par bogey yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. quad Which so I know what, I know what he means you know when you go out on a Saturday you're really looking forward to it and you start triple bogey triple bogey triple bogey and you're like god what are they even coming to me that's <laughs> never happened to me Bob I don't know it's quad quad and quad <laughs> okay <laughs> that's alright yeah that's gotta be tough because you're, 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 you're building up to the tournament all year long or you know for the last few weeks anyway getting really excited about it and it's kind of over before it's even begun and it's gotta be kind of heartbreaking to for that and you're fighting really hard you know what I mean you actually can't come back from it. Aaron Badley started with a triple on the first hole yeah. and went on to shoot level par in the yeah. first round. Yeah, so. he bounced back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a good, interesting tournament and look forward to the next major between British Open. Um, just a small bit of news before we move on to our top 200 update. A uh, couple of notable things, which again, um, this week, Royal Portrush has been added back to the British Open rota. So there was a bit of news going around saying that it was getting it in 2019. Mm. 
but it's been added back to the rota and the soonest, the earliest date you can get is 2019. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good point. It'd be nice, the sooner the better. Yeah, I think it'd be great to have it there. Yeah. They do need, I think they're, they're looking at building two new holes or replacing two holes mm-hmm. and that's going to take two and a half years or something like that apparently yeah. and it needs to be voted in. So, yeah. look, I mean, you could, this could be, it could be another 10 years after that, but let's hope that's not the case. Cool. I think if they're talking about it, they're they are aiming for 2019 yeah. or fairly soon after. I don't yeah. think it's yeah. going to be 2025 or 2030. But yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. I'd say it's 1920 or 21 something yeah. like that. Yeah. And the other small bit of news, Barry, is Tiger's back hitting full shots. He is. Yeah. Just caught on the Twitter. Tim Rosaforte from the Golf Channel was tweeting that Tiger's now taking full swings, including with the driver. Mm. So there's kind of rumblings or people kind of guessing that he might be playing the Open Championship. Brilliant. Back, back to Hoylake where he won before. Yeah. Back hitting two irons. It would give a great boost to the TV and everything like that, oh, wouldn't God, it? Oh, God, yeah, it would. I mean, just back, you know, put golf right back up at yeah, the forefront yeah. of everything again. It would be boosted. Cool, very good. Well, listen, let's move on to our top 200 update. And Barry, I think we have a few people listening in this week, so you might just give a quick overview of our top 200 competition and, and the latest standings. Uh, so the top 200 is um, a competition devised by Alan, who's not here today, but uh, I'm going to take charge of it for him. Um, and what we decide, what Alan decided to do was we pick uh, lesser-known players in the world of golf. So if you'd like to enter the competition, you can tweet us at PodcastGTS with one player from the European Tour and one from the US Tour that must be outside the top 200 in the official golf world rankings mm-hmm. when you select them and the person with the lowest combined rankings of the two players by the DP World Tour Championship will mm-hmm. win a four ball for Carton House mm-hmm. where the Irish Open was on last year so um, we didn't have too much movement last year uh, last week you know the US Open and then you know, a couple of minor events so um the top three are unchanged. Stephen O'Connor, Kev Coughlin, and Alan Donnelly. Um, David DeGrief is one spot behind Alan, though. So, come on, uh, Davey. Come on, Davey. We're all, we're all, we're all supporting you on that. Um, yeah, very little movement. I mean, Aaron Badley got people a few spots. And Kevin Nam, maybe, as well. Nah, yeah. What a season he's having. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think this week now there'll be a bit of action on the on the leaderboard move, movements. A lot of players in action, yeah. isn't there? Um, the competition, yeah, a lot of players in action. And the, we're accepting entries up until the, the Open Championship. Yeah. So um, it's free to enter as well. So send yeah. in your tweets. Just pick a couple of players and see how they go. See, Watch yourself climb up the leaderboard. And here's a hint. I don't know if it's good or not, but Harrington's outside the top 200. So he's available for selection. Very good. British Open coming up as well. Playing at home this week in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So listen, if anyone wants to, as Barry says, if anyone wants to enter a team, please get in t- contact with us on Twitter at PodcastGTS or by our email address at goodtopspoiled at gmail.com. And yeah, so that'd be great. So please please enter if you'd like to. Now, our main topic this week is, it's the highlight of the calendar for ourselves is the Irish Open. Um, probably maybe just outside the majors but I think for all the Irish golfers this is the one just the, the first event that they like to play and it's one that they really look forward to so without further ado we're going to get an introduction from probably the one of the best or uh, most informed guys to do it Paul McGinley the European Ryder Cup captain we talked to him today and here's what he had to say uh, about the event this week um, Paul McGinley thanks so for joining us um, how are you looking forward to this week the Irish Open Oh, it's going to be great, isn't it? I mean, the weather forecast is tremendous. The mm. golf course in great condition. Ticket sales are uh, fantastic. Big crowds. Um, Rory and Graham, um, you know, the big stars of Irish golf at the moment, and it all augurs well for a very big week. How do you? How difficult do you find it juggling between playing and getting yourself ready, and then also your Ryder Cup captaincy? Uh, it's a challenge, yeah, but that's okay. It's not a challenge that uh, uh, I don't feel capable of doing. Uh, it is a challenge, but uh, it's fun, you know. Very honoured to be Ryder Cup captain. It's a, it's a lot of work, but I'm very pleased to do it. And uh, you know, my game. To be honest, I'm 47 years of age and kind of in the twilight of my career anyway. So uh, it's still fun. I still feel I can compete, and I'm looking forward to competing this week. I just watched you hitting balls there on the range, and I could only dream of being able to hit irons like that. So it looks <laughs> pretty good to me, anyway. Well, I'm on my way to the TaylorMade and just getting them adjusted a little bit. You get too strong, so I'm just going to. Very good. And uh, last question: You must be very happy with the makeup of the team. It was great to see Martin win last week. Last week. Uh, yeah, it was great to see Martin win. Um, great for European golf. I think the American team looked very strong too. They had a lot of big performances last week. Yeah. So I think uh, you know it's going to be two very well-matched teams. Great. Well, listen, thanks for your time, right. and very nice to talk to you. All right. And that was Paul McGinley talking to us today. Um, 
they really set the scene very well with, I suppose we have, this week in the Irish Open, we have uh, Rory McIlroy, Graham McDowell, Porrick Harrington, Darren Clark, Shane Lowry, and we have a lot of the really top European stars coming to play as well. Um, some of the, we have, we talked to a lot of the players today, and they all seem to think it's quite a good event. The weather's supposed to be excellent this week. We're supposed to, we're in the middle of a, what we would regard as a mini heatwave. And we're expecting over 100,000 um, spectators. So I think it's set to be a really, really good week. Yeah, and I, I, I heard when just talking about Port Rush earlier that that sold out at 130, which was the first time a Euro- uh, European tour mm-hmm. event had ever sold out. Another 100,000 going down to Foda Island to, mm-hmm. to the Irish Open this week. It's great for the Irish game. It's great that you know this was a tournament that has struggled at times to get sponsorship and, mm-hmm. and, and get the recognition it deserves. It's a fabulous tournament, and it starts that kind of next phase towards the British Open, which mm-hmm. is great. And, and all the fact that the Irish lads turn up and, you know, I suppose we're blessed now with so many major Irish winners yeah, yeah. to be there, just to see the quality up close and personal is yeah. just a, it's a real treat. Yeah. It's a bit of a mystery how we can't attract sponsors to the, the Irish Open because, you know, it sells out and golf is so popular here in Ireland. I mean, despite some decline in the number of people playing due to well, the recession, but whatever, but... You know those numbers in attendance at those tournaments. You know that deserves a big sponsor, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and it to be a bigger part, you know, event on the European tour. You know, let's hope. Let's hope with the Port Rush thing kicking in, and you know, Photo Island has new owners, and they yeah. kind of put some money into. It. Let's hope it kind of has started a bit of a snowball effect for the Irish Open and, and golf here on this little island. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's going to set to be a great event. Okay, next up, we we actually talked to a lot of guys today, but what we're going to play to you play you is our two of our. Key interviews. I, I managed to talk to Robert Carlson and Darren Fickart, and they kind of gave us a bit of an overview of why they're looking forward to the Irish Open. So here is Robert Carlson and Darren Fickart talking about the Irish Open. Uh, Darren, uh, have you had a chance to play the course yet? I played nine holes yesterday. Yeah. And um, what do you think? It's a good condition. Fantastic condition. It's uh, the greens are really, really good, and uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's uh, twelve years ago is the last time we played yeah, here, and. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked, I liked it then, and uh, it's just strange the weather. So awesome, man! It's amazing. Yeah, we had really good last year. It was really good weather, yeah. and this year is supposed to be good as well. I think because this is our summer, it happens this week, and that's it. <laughs> but no, the golf course is, uh, is really, really, really good. What do you, what attributes do you think uh, people are? Will, what kind of parts of the game will people need to have to play well this week? What, what parts of your game need to be sharp? Well, definitely your putting. It's a lot of subtle slopes. Yeah. Um, subtle breaks and stuff so you've got to be sharp in the greens and mm. um, you know there again you've got to uh, coming into the greens your pressure's into the greens you need to make sure you've got an uphill putt or yeah. a putt that's going to not swing as much and um, as always it's always better coming from the fairway but um, definitely your approach shots and your putting and in terms of the fairway width do you think they're generous enough? And I think so it's um the holes that are pretty short, it is quite tight, so which mm. is which is normal. You know, you okay. you've got an option. You can go for the straighter option, hit three wood, or you can be aggressive and take drive and take a risk of missing the fairway. So it's definitely um, it's good. Cool. And how do you fancy your own chances this week? Pretty good. I'm coming in here playing pretty well. So yeah. uh, and I really do like this golf course. Great. And um, and the weather's good. So. Well, listen, we wish you best of luck and hope you have a great week. Thanks Thank for talking. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, uh, Robert, thanks a million for joining us. Uh, you're in very good form at the moment. You've had, am I right in saying you've had two top tens in a row? Uh, that's wrong. Wrong, is it? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was uh, top ten last one with a fighting skin near Masters, but I'm playing right. And I understand, I hope my facts aren't right for, wrong the second time, but that you've had a good performance in Ireland before. I think you were fifth before. On this course, or in general? In I've, general. In, in, yeah, in I've, been, I've been all right. I did well at K Club. Uh, mm. I think I was fourth, actually, at K Club. Fourth, I think I was fifth, well, fifth or sixth when we played back here. Yeah. In Kota. I really like playing golf in Ireland. I've had uh, some good, good experiences, both on this golf course and on others. Yeah. And what is it particularly that you like about playing in Ireland? The crowds are very, very good. Mm. And uh, I think this week... That's not always, so the weather's going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good good change this yeah, week. But it's uh, it's very uh, knowledgeable uh, crowds, yeah. and uh, in general, we, we, we play uh, very good golf courses. And one thing that's quite fun with the uh, the Irish Open is that it's moving around, and uh, you have yeah. plenty of 
quality golf courses, so we yeah. usually come to to good ones. I really, really enjoyed playing it. Port Warnock did pretty well there as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because that's the thing. I've heard a few people saying that, that you've done well in Ireland, so yeah. since you're backing up. And how is your game in general? It, 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 it must good. be coming good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 happy with the way things are moving. Yeah. And uh, keep working on it, and uh, really enjoy my golf back after a couple of years uh, yeah. of poor playing. So, yeah. Better. And is there anything in particular that you've turned around in your game? Yeah, well, I struggled quite a lot a couple of years ago, and uh, and uh, didn't uh, didn't get anything going at all, and had kind of to focus and regroup. And, yeah. And I gone back and, and looked a little bit on how the swing looked and what I did mm. when I played my best golf, and kind of using it as a little bit of a blueprint. It's yeah. Actually, the body changes and. So you can't try to do exactly the same, but you can use kind of can use this a little bit of a blueprint and things you I did well then, why were yeah. they good and how did you match up well? So yeah, yeah. Trying to look a bit of that and, and deepening up my playing a bit and pretty well. And uh, yeah, so things are coming nicely together. And are you playing the pro am tomorrow? Yes. When you're playing with amateurs, is there anything in particular that they always do wrong? Um, or any good tip you'd give? Yeah, well. The one thing we hear all the time, or very often, is like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And that's not really how golf works, because it's, it's a golf, golf is a game of imperfections, because we stand on the side of our target line. Yeah. It's like trying to throw darts, but throwing it sideways, and it's really, <laughs> really difficult. Yeah. And you just have to have um, uh, good combinations of, of the plane, of the path, and on the club head. Uh, yeah. And... There's so many different ways of doing it. If you look on someone who always plays with a big uh, fade, for example, say Brendan De Jong and the, the same guy from yeah. Zimbabwe, he's got a completely different uh, action from what Graham McDowell has, for example. Yeah, yeah. But whatever they're doing, the understanding their game and, and their their compensations are matching yeah. up because everybody has compensations in the game. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what you have to understand. Uh, and most people, um, very often, they try to do things the body are not even able to do because mm. they. They don't play the same amount of golf as we do, and yeah. they don't train, train and practice sort of 30, 40 hours a week to get yeah, this course. thing going. So um, it's, it's more to understand which combinations work for you, and, and if you're hitting a bit of a fade, play with the fade yeah. and, and kind of work that way. Cool, cool, cool. And one last question. In terms of the course this week, I mean, obviously you've done well here before. What parts of the game are important this week? To tell you the truth, it was 12 years ago, so I don't okay. remember, and I haven't been out yet because okay. my clubs just arrived to Ireland. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, a bit delayed. <laughs> yeah, a bit delayed. Yes, yeah. so well, I don't remember. And I know it's a very good. What I remember is a bit of um, it's a Parkland course, and it's in very, very good condition uh, last time and this time as well. And uh, mm. uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I remember. And are you worth a little? Five euro bet from myself this week for five euro, yes, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, five euro is always it's always worth it. It's only a small amount yeah. of money. So yeah. listen, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, no problem. And as I mentioned, that was Robert and Darren Fickard. So thanks to them for talking to us today. Um, I thought it was very interesting, guys, that they mentioned that the course is in good condition because I walked it today. I walked the the back nine, and the course indeed is in brilliant condition, uh, and the greens are, are 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 really really rolling very well. So I think it should be a, a really good event. Yeah, I, I think what I took from it was was certainly <clears throat> the comments that they were making about the the fact that it's really about it, the approach shots. It's, I think I think the quote that was the, the line, you know, second second shot golf course. I think that's a brilliant line, you know, mm. and uh, it clearly is. It's wide open fairways, little rough. It's it's going to be for the guys who are putting well, leaving themselves in the right place on the green. You know, like that being the uphill putts, giving them the opportunities mm. to mm. to make the birdies. Um, you know, it's going to be. I think fabulous tournament, and um, particularly with the weather, that's going to make the course even nicer than it is. If it's lovely today, it's going to be brilliant by Thursday. I think the scoring could be quite low. So I, I mean, I don't know, but from talking to the guys, I think they were saying that you might see kind of minus fifteen or minus twenty. It could be really good scoring because it's not going to be that much wind, and as the mm. greens are receptive. Barry um, Carlson was—I thought he was very, very engaging to listen to. But his advice for amateurs was particularly interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, and I—I I thought what was good was that it kind of derived from his own game. So he, it was interesting to hear him talk about, you know, going looking back at his swing, um, back when he was playing really, really well, and using it somewhat as a blueprint for what he's trying to do now. But realizing that his body is different from what it was back then, mm. and he can't do all the things he um, he could do back then. And that kind of led to his advice to amateurs and, you know, don't, we can't mimic the pros, you know, we just don't have their physique or, you know, we don't go to the gym for hours in the day. And he said his best bit, I thought was great. He said, don't try to do things your body can't do. 
understand which combinations of, of moves work in your swing and 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 learn to, to own them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great bit of advice. You know, yeah. you know, we can, none of us can swing it like Rory McIlroy. None of well, pros can't swing it like Rory yeah. McIlroy. So um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> a bit crazy for us to try and imitate that. But you see, this is the point. One of the points I've always made to you, Barry, particularly, is that I think when we watch women's golf, it's actually more yeah. more for our game as amateurs to watch the tempo mm. and the swing because you watch the likes of Rory, we go out like that, it's just going to go two yards in front because we're going to either miss the ball, swing around and hit ourselves in the back. <laughs> <with the golf. laughs> I, I think that's a very fair point. You know, yeah. Learning what each person can do and playing within that maximizes the opportunities. But... It's a nice philosophy. I liked it. I thought it was it was good, you know. Well, you mentioned about your point, James. I, I mean, I was on the range today. I, I watched a good lot of the guys, and they look like they're hitting the ball so easy. They're just barely hitting it, and the ball is going a mile, and they're just they. I suppose they strike it so cleanly. But that's the thing is that we shouldn't be lashing at the ball like we do, you know. But they're te- they still can generate these ridiculous club head speeds. Yeah. I think they're. I think it's kind of an illusion for us because their tempo is so good. Yeah. Whereas when we see an amateur or one of us having a lash at the ball, it's the tempo's all wrong. And it looks like it's it looks just an absolute mess. Whereas they're they, they they do they set themselves up really well and they can still unleash all that power in a fast mm-hmm. way. Well, like to give an example, last last weekend, Mark Manley hit a drive and it went absolutely miles, miles and miles and miles into the wind, and he left himself with a flick of the wrist. This is on, on eight, away, wasn't on it? Eight. Yeah. And I said to him, you know, that's a fabulous drive. You know, you really got all of it. And he goes, nah, about eighty five percent. You know, and 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 it was that was the best drive that he had yeah. hit that weekend. He, and he really was, got through it. Yeah, but that was still only eighty five percent. He was know, so. he was fifty to sixty yards past us, and we were on the tees that teed <laughs> off in front of him. I mean, it was and on the ninth, I think, it was downwind, and it was three playing three hundred and thirty yards, and he went for the green, came up ten yards short, and you know, again, similar, like, oh, wow, you went after that full power, and he said, no, I only hit that about ninety percent. I didn't want to go over the green. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. what you know, so that 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 told us that was a great lesson for us because that told us. He was only he was always swinging within himself the whole weekend, and even when he turned on full power, he never turned on full power. Yeah. Whereas yeah. when we think oh, I have to go after this, we we're doing one hundred and ten percent, and that's when it all goes wrong. But you were you were down there, Bob, this week. You know, today you were seeing some of them up close and personal. Any any idea of who you think might have the opportunity to go out and win it this week? Um, or well, anybody we should be saying if they even make it through the weekend well we? one of the guys that I thought was very uh, I, like everyone looks like they're just hitting the ball absolutely amazing so from the guys who there was a couple of guys there who are probably 400th in the world and then there's guys that are you know 70th and 80th I, I don't know whether let's say someone like Simon Dyson and Chris Wood they all look like they're hitting the ball the exact same in the range uh, your man Stephen <laughs> Peters is there they all just look like they're hitting the ball beautiful so it's very hard to differentiate in the range but I talked to Pablo Larathabal, who I'm going to mention in a few minutes, um, and I talked to Chris Wood, and the two of them were poles apart in, in the, their upbeat. Like Chris Wood is in great form. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really positive about the event. He was just, and he was great with me. Like you know, we're I suppose we're not professional media people or anything like that, but he was so open and engaging and having the crack. Whereas Pablo Larathabal just just looked tired and. And a, and a bit under the weather. And a U.S. Open beat down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. You know, if I was looking at someone, uh, and again, we, we just played the Darren Fitcard interview, I thought Darren said like he's in great form, and I watched him hitting hit mm. it close. So I think if I was to go for a couple of guys, I think someone like Darren Fitcard and, and Chris Wood, I think they could go very well, and that's going by their demeanour. Yeah, Carlson sounded very chipper as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, he seems to love uh, he seems to love coming over here to Ireland. Yeah. He's had some great results before. And I, I always noticed that the um, anyone from the British side, from you know England, Scotland, to Wales tend to do quite well over here. I mean, yeah. it's, obviously the, the weather is very similar. They're close, you know, close-ish to home. Um, they tend to do quite well over here in the and Irish Open. I actually asked Chris Wood about that, and I think that's what he's saying is that um, it's because it's quite similar to to UK UK events. Um, so yeah, so that's the story. Well, actually, while we're on the, on the topic, a couple of other interviews that we have, um, we got a chance to talk to Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, we played a bit of a clip from him in the start, but we have a bit more of a longer interview. We have an interview with Pablo Larrataba, um, Eduardo Molinari, Chris Wood, and also Simon Dyson, 
who um, he was a very good interview, so it's well worth a well worth a listen. Well, I, I I would recommend everybody listen to the Simon Dyson interview because there's a wonderful moment where Bobby goes out and ruins this poor man's confidence this weekend <laughs> by saying to him, uh, "What was it? Uh, so you haven't really been competing that often over the last couple of weeks, have you?" Yeah. Which he replies, "Well, tied fifth and tied twenty first. Yeah. I said to <laughs> him, "I said because um, I, I got his form confused with rubber rock. I was like, "Yeah, you've." You've had three, you made three cuts, but you haven't really done anything. He's like, well, last time I was out, I was fifth in Wentworth and nineteenth in Ordea. I was like, okay, right, okay, so I got that one wrong. So, so yeah. you said a minute ago that we weren't necessarily the most professional media yes. organization. <laughs> I was definitely talking about myself. It was the, the royal we, and yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob's very unimpressed with anything other than wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dyson's worth an interview just for my bit of a clanger on that. Well, yeah. now we've, we've a few good ones and we're going to load them up. And you said there's the, the Matthew Fitzpatrick interview. Did you say earlier that this is his first event as a not as an amateur? Or first professional event. Yeah. Yeah. First professional yeah. event. That would be great to see how he can handle, like, because he played so well out in the US yeah. Open. That and he can... we played the clip from him talking about the US Open, but I actually asked him as well about how he's going to deal with it being a professional event. So we'll load that up as a separate download. So anyone on... Um, iTunes will see the separate interviews coming up so they'll all be there they're all very short about 90 seconds or so so hopefully you enjoy them um, we talked about Carlson Barry which brings us on to the presenter bets because Alan actually won last week's presenter bet with JB Holmes he nipped me on our on our ruling I, I had Brendan Todd uh, Barry you were last with Shane Lowry so you get to go first and you're going with Carlson I'm going with Carlson yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah he's had a couple of good results recently and after hearing how Happy he was to be here in Ireland this week. It sounds, you know, he might have a nice week. So, and he had a fifth and photo before, and he's had a, he's had a couple of other top tens in yeah. Ireland. So, do yeah. you want to just give me the money now, or do you guys want to pick? I think well, you haven't had a very good couple of weeks. You've been down not the bottom. You, so, uh, not since you gave me the lead. No, <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah, you've had two wins, but they were, but yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Barry, uh, sorry, James, who are you going for? Uh, I'm going with Eddie Pepperell. Um, I, I just think that he's hit a bit of form. He was six, tied sixth in the Nordea Masters, tied 21st in the BMW PGA, mm. and tied 24th in the Spanish Open the last number of weeks. Yeah. I just think that he's the kind of player, wide open fairways, decent yeah. second shot. When we're hearing it, that putting and, and approach shots are important. I just think he kind of looks like the man to, mm. to take me back up to joint leader in this competition. Sounds good. I, I'm going Ross Fisher. He's done well in Ireland over the years. Uh, I think he won in Killarney, I think. Yeah, yes. years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and Alan is going for the aforementioned uh, Simon Dyson, just so he can rub it in at the end. And there's definitely there's a very good interview that you may had with Simon Dyson that I think people should listen to, in case <laughs> they've forgotten. Yes, exactly. Um, now, the other event, um, I suppose it's... Um, for us, anyway, it's the lesser event, but it's got a great feel. There's the Travelers Championship, which is on the States, and really not far away from the field that we had last week. Uh, Bubba Watson's in it, Matt Kuchar, Jason Day, just Dustin Johnson. I was going to say Justin Johnson. Uh, Sergio Garcia, Keegan Bradley, Ryan Moore, Snedeker, uh, Zach Johnson, uh, Hunter Mahan. So, and this is a really great field. It's a cracking field, isn't yeah. it? You, you think a few of them would take a week off after yeah. that test in Pinehurst last week. But um, no, they're just right back at it. Yeah, Which means so. that it could be four full days of watching golf from about nine in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. Absolutely, this is the I always like this tournament because it always has that uh, floating umbrella green, and you just want you want that to be turned into a hole some year or a fun extra nineteenth hole. You know, try try hit the shots at a floating umbrella green. You think even for a pro am or something they do something like that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, that'll be be kind of just an and a little side event for kicks. Well, the uh, in down in Mauritius, they're uh, designing and just putting into place the first floating eighteen-hole golf course. So really? uh, down wow. in Seychelles direction, yeah. So uh, maybe that be the future of floating green. Uh, we'll have to go for a course review. What do you think? That, yeah, I think it'd be rude not to. Excellent. We'll you, go for you, Barry's honeymoon. You get the. Yeah, you get the. <laughs> that's never going to happen. <laughs> We're not going then, is it? Yeah, you booked the flights there, Bob. <laughs> okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay, great. Um, well, anybody listen, having any look at bets or anybody having any interest in anybody that stands out in that that, that list for uh, the travellers? I would be tempted to go for somebody who wasn't playing last week. You know, they'll be mm. kind of fired up for a win after having been forced to take a week off because they didn't qualify for the US Open. So I haven't I haven't gone too in depth to it yet. Um, I, haven't, I haven't had a, a look at it all. I, yeah. I did hear today um, that. The past winners are a wide selection of long hitters, short hitters, like Corey Pavins won there before, 
Um, some of the long hitters have won. So I'm so find somebody who's got a feel good vibe this week to change putter to defend in their you know the garage or something like that. Or so probably Camila Vijegas then could be yeah <laughs> yeah he's on your top two hundred. No, 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 oh, oh, so that's I'm, why I'm putting the hex on just, him now. Yeah, we got to, <laughs> he's, actually, he's actually playing quite well. He's been kind of in contention, but he's just not he's finishing the job. Floating off. around in yeah. you know, mid mid cut, but um, yeah. So look, if we if we do come up with any ideas, we'll tweet them from our Twitter account at yeah. Podcast GTS. Yeah. Um, and if you guys have any thoughts out there, um, send us a tweet. You know, mm. we love to we love to be engaged on Twitter. It's good fun. And you might get down by a year to half thing. You might get down to the Irish Open. Might I'm be down might, I might sneak down, sneak down on yeah. Friday. Yeah. I take maybe take a and do an hour of work in the morning, and then bail yeah. out of Dublin, get down there. Great. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, I have to give the answers to the rules question. So I mentioned that. So a player's ball lies just off the putting green, and sand lies on the putting green between the ball and the hole. What is the ruling? Alan went for the fact he went for A. He said, I know you can only remove with the back of your hand when you're on the green. So he believes that rules out um, B or C. And he has said that he's gone with A. The player must not remove the sand. Barry, you've gone with C, that the sand may be removed by any means. Isn't that right? Yeah. Well, he also went with B, and then eventually... Yeah, and option D, just in case B and C weren't working, but... Uh, well, your first option of C is correct. Oh, that's and, amazing. And you've opened up a gap now to Alan, so oh, as that... I wonder how negative Alan's going to get about his, his rules questions. I mean, maybe he's negative about his uh, golf is... This will send him over the edge. I think, think so, yeah, yeah. He might quit the game completely. So that leaves it as 14-12 with you. You've opened up a bit of daylight. Fantastic. Bit of pressure on Alan now next week. And I think we actually don't have him for the next couple of weeks. I think he's traveling a bit. So, um, this is great. He'll be distracted. Yeah. I'll open up a gap and he might just quit the competition. You had a gap previously and he closed it. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, yeah. He's a bit like Simon in Dyson interviewer over there, isn't he? <laughs> he really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. What, what yeah. you finish with? I'm not after the incident on the Sunday, it was relentless from, from oh. not just James and, you know, uh, my dad was down there with a couple of his friends, so I had six of them just going at me. And I'm well, I'm properly deserved as well for such a, a mess. Yes, good stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, um, that's. That's us for this week. So I just want to say goodbye. Thanks a million to everyone for listening. Before we go, if uh, if anyone would rate us on iTunes, um, just if you like what you hear, um, please get onto iTunes and give us a rating because it just helps us spread the word. And any new listeners, please get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. So goodbye. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you. Bye-bye, <laughs> Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.